I'd like to give a big shout out to the Hoodoo Gurus who have given us permission to use part of their song, That's My Team, as our new podcast episode intro for all of their music. And whenever they are going live or performing live, head to their Facebook and their Instagram. The links will be in the description below. Be sure to give them a like and a follow as well on Facebook and Instagram. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Final Tackle podcast and we're actually joined all the way over the other side of the world in Ireland by AFL Women's Collingwood Magpies midfielder and she also played for Kilmormoy DCU and currently plays for Mayo in the Gaelic Athletic Association ladies competition as a midfielder. Her name is Sarah Rowe. Thank you very much for joining us here on The Final Tackle. Thanks for having me. Uh, delighted to be a part of it. Yeah, no no worries. Um, so, obviously, so just the um, elephant in the room. Obviously, you're Irish, so you're an um, import for the AFLW from Ireland from the Gaelic football. Did you find it relatively easy or difficult to transition between Gaelic football to AFL? Um, yeah, like there was elements of the game that were hard to transition. Like obviously the shape of the ball is different. Um, game football is non-contact. So the contact side of things and I suppose going from an amateur background to a professional background as well, um, was also, you know, a bit of a change for me. And then of course, moving across the other side of the world and essentially having no... Yeah, different climate, no family, no friends or anything. So, like, all them things, while, yes, a challenge, um, a very enjoyable challenge and one that I suppose I just wanted to take in my stride. And I think going over, I was conscious that I needed to be, you know, as, as physically fit and strong as possible because I had so many other things to learn, like the aspects of the game and the rules and all that. And I suppose you had to make all the mistakes before to actually learn so yeah, um, yeah I made plenty of mistakes along the way and um you know Collingwood were a great club and they looked after me from the minute I set set foot into the club so I was very fortunate to go to that club and very grateful for all they've done for me honestly that's wonderful to hear um and given that the AFL has just announced uh yesterday both of our times actually um that they're going to back the AFLW for 2021. Are you going to um, decide to stay with Mayo in the Gaelic football or would you consider a move back to the AFLW for Collingwood if they were to offer you some sort of, you know, position again? Yeah, well, you see, the thing with the Gaelic season now is like originally I would have normally, if it hadn't been for the pandemic and all that, that my Gaelic season would normally be done by the end of September latest and then I'd normally fly out to Australia. Yep in yeah. November and I'd only miss a small bit of a few league games with Mayo so it was e- it was always an easy decision for me to to go and to play both okay yeah. whereas now obviously the decision is kind of a bigger decision it's um the Mayo season is starting in October now and we're not 100% sure when it's going to finish if it's the end of November or the end of December so it's kind of like I need to get all the details of the exact details of the timing of Mayo and the timing of the AFLW season and then I suppose make an informed decision but yeah. as as of now I suppose I have until August to actually think that all through and okay. everything but um and so, so best case yeah, scenario you'd love to do both but obviously you'll choose what is both what, what is um the best choice for you personally as a person sort of thing yeah yeah 100% um I I would love to be able to do both, but um, it mightn't be it mightn't be that I can't do both this year. So we'll ha- you know this year's been just there's I always suppose, a strange year. one. 
there's always next year so we'll decide yeah we'll decide when i get all the details and all the relevant information from yeah. both sides i'll make a decision then yeah no that's that's totally fair um and speaking of your time in the gaelic athletic association uh you won a title with dcu in 2018 after from what i've read you've you've lost a few but getting that winning feeling what was that like finally after losing a few, etc.? Not not with DCU, but in general. And then, you know, winning that grand final, for lack of a better term. Was it like, did you feel a bit of a monkey off your back? And like, what was the feeling on the field after winning that game? Yeah, I suppose in, like with DCU, uh, we were four years trying for that and we kept losing out marginally um, in every game. It was always the small percenters that were letting us down. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked really hard on like our team culture and we had a really good bond and um, that year and our coach was um worked really well alongside us. So we had kind of we'd all we had all the resources and all the facilities and everything was right and all we had to do is essentially perform. I so so I suppose when you culminate all the events of the four years and the losses and the heartbreaks and everything, winning that game was huge and the game went to extra time. Um, as well so wow. it was literally a, mar- a marginal win again but again the small percenters so it was um it was amazing I can't really describe I suppose the feeling that you have the elation that you feel in your body but um it was an amazing time and we were um we had such a great group of players at that time so I'll forever cherish them memories that's wonderful to hear um and obviously being from Ireland you've and playing Gaelic football that brings in the question did you uh, did you play and or follow any other sports while you were growing up um you know whether that's Gaelic football soccer um cricket for some reason I don't know why that came to mind um <laughs> rugby any of those sort of sports or was it always Gaelic football yeah I played Gaelic football since I was about 11 but before that I played soccer so I played soccer all the way up. I played with uh, numerous clubs around Ireland and I played with the Irish under 15, 17, 19 and then the senior. So that was, yeah, that was, that was kind of my first love, I suppose, as such. And obviously when you're, when I was playing with Ireland, it was like, it was my number one because I love playing at the highest level. Oh, everyone does, yeah. So it was, I was kind of trying to juggle that and playing with Mayo at the same time, but it was, you know, like both sports demanded an awful lot of my time and energy and it got to a stage where I could no longer uphold both sports and I felt like I was letting down my teammates and I mm-hmm. suppose, you know, being a jack of all trades and a master of none. So <laughs> I was I, a very Irish saying. Very, yeah. Um, so I wanted to have like, I wanted to focus on one. So then I decided that, once I kind of wanted to did everything that I wanted to do in soccer, yep. I suppose I went to um, back to Gaelic and Gaelic was always my first love. Um, so it was, I suppose, my strong passion and my roots and my family and all that kind of stuff, a real sense of community and um, playing Gaelic football. So um, I went back to that and then got the opportunity then to go and play AFL. So um, I haven't regretted not playing soccer over the last few years, but it's, it's not, it's not something I've closed the door on fully. I, would like to think future life that maybe I'll go back and play soccer again because I had great memories attached to it all. Well, you never know. Um, and yeah, like you said, when you the one of the deciding factors that helped you 
switch to Gaelic football full time was the more or less you'd done everything in soccer as in you'd played at the national level which is more or less the highest level that you can play that you can do for any sport which definitely would have helped you with your deciding um to go with Gaelic football um but that's awesome to hear if you could have one superpower what would it be and why um that's a tough one now i would probably like to be able to be invisible okay um, at times and okay. be a fly on the wall and okay yeah, that i think that would be just a funny one um you could play pranks on your friends mm-hmm. you could do loads of things with that superpower so that's my one anyway no, that's really cool um and obviously, we've mentioned about the AFL and the AFLW. What are your thoughts on the AFL announcing? I think I already asked this actually the other day about them backing um, the AFLW for twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's a big statement for um, women in sports, and you know they're putting and um, they're backing it. And it's been a challenging time for everyone and for the AFL, obviously over the last few weeks. So you know it's a big statement that they're going to um, continue to back the ladies' game and. Um, it's exactly what we need. So um delighted when I saw um that be released yesterday. Um and looking forward to I suppose what else they can they can I suppose develop over the next few years because the the standard has improved to no end over the last few years and it's it's because of all the stuff that's going on at grassroots level and the younger players coming through the academies coming up, they are, you know, they, they can kick with both feet. Like the standard is really going to get much better. So they're, they're dead right to be investing all the time, I suppose, and effort into it. Oh, for sure. Um, and that raises actually a really interesting question I, that I just thought of. Um, is the AFL and AFLW um, shown predominantly over in Ireland on TV? I know obviously the Gaelic football and soccer and all that is big over in Ireland, but is there any channels or sort of thing that you can watch AFL when it's on in Ireland or is it not as known? You sort of have to know about AFL in Ireland to know that it exists sort of thing. Um, Well, because there's so many Irish girls who went over this year and because there's a few Irish lads as well, there is keen interest just purely down to, I suppose, the Irish going over, so it, there is channels channels that you can watch it on TV, mm-hmm. and um, there is a keen interest, and in, I suppose people are intrigued to know like what what is AFL, what does AFLW look like in Australia, mm-hmm. and you know the only way I can describe it to people in Ireland is it's like the GAA in yep. um, in Australia but bigger. Yeah, but and, bigger and add tackling and goalposts instead of goal nets. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's it's like nearly like a religion over there. Yeah, um, it's 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 the biggest sport um, in Australia, really. And mm-hmm. I suppose GA is similar that way over here. You know, people live and die for GA, and it's, it's the same thing with AFL over there. And there's such a strong culture, and you know, everyone loves it, and hence why everyone was so upset. I suppose to see the last few weeks of there being no AFL to watch and the excitement that was even building just looking from afar on Twitter and all that of games coming back on TV again. So yep. um, it's just such a huge part of your culture. And, you know, when you think of Australia, you think of AFL. And when you think of Ireland, you think of GA. So yep. um, it, it is a big part of us and a big part of um, Australia too. Now, that's that's honestly for sure. Um, and speaking of the GAA and um, the AFL, obviously anyone who's listening will know about the international rules um, competition. 
if there was ever a, if it, not if, but when, let's hopefully hope it's a when, when the international rules um, code version of it turns into a women's division, or there may already be one, I'm not 100% sure, um, would you jump at the opportunity to play for Ireland if you were given the opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to see that happening. I think there's a lot of skills from the from GAA that can be transferred across um, to AFL and vice versa as well. Mm-hmm. I think that Gaelic football could learn things from AFL. So I think there could there's you know there's a great scope there for a real strong connection between the two, and there has been obviously with the men's over the yeah, last few years. That's why I was thinking the if, next- if they could bring a women's ver- like division of that, like you know that would be amazing to see. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, that would be it. Would be such um, a great thing for women in sport, I suppose, as well, and to be able to see that pathway and you know kind of set their sights towards a goal of achieving something like that. So, um, I think down the line, hopefully, that will happen. Um, but obviously, it it's, it's a big, it's a big start that Irish girls have even been going over to Australia. So it is. Um, yeah. I suppose it's it's the next thing. Well, I mean, one of your fellow teammates, um, Ashlyn Sheridan, is from Ireland as well. So did. With so many Irish girls going over to Australia for the AFLW and quite a few at Collingwood, did it, did it help make your transition to Collingwood and Australia life in particular a bit easier for you? Yeah, well, last year, I suppose my first year, there was only two or three of us over there. Um, so we kind of just stayed in touch, but we were all from different clubs. So like, you're obviously kind of doing your own thing quite a lot at the time. Mm-hmm. But this year, there was, there was loads of us based in Melbourne and we'd often meet up and go for brunch or whatever and call it the irish connection sort of thing yeah yeah and just like i suppose talk about the you know the highs and lows of it all and how everyone was getting on it it was always like home away from home and it was lovely that you could have that connection and that understanding and that you know we could really relate to each other and and know that you know there was some really good days of training and there's other days where you're extremely frustrated because you know things aren't going your way and And it's it's not a position and all that sort of stuff sorry continue yeah and it's it's not a position that the girls i suppose who went over like some of them are you know the best the best in the country over here and they you know not used to being in a position where you're almost vulnerable because you're you know you're you're playing against girls who have played like half their life and and then we come over and we have to learn the game and learn everything from the start yeah so it can be really frustrating being in that position but again, like with, you know, with the hard work and persistency and a bit of stubbornness, like, you know, they've all got there and the Irish girls did really well this year. So it's great. It's been a great representation for the country. No, that's fair. Um, and honestly, that's wonderful to hear because obviously with a lot of different um, sports in the world and obviously, you know, players going from other countries to play, obviously there's sometimes, as I just mentioned, you know, players from a certain country, they play for a certain league or a certain team and they all sort of have that connection and they bond over that. Kind of like with the British when they come over to Australia to play rugby league sort of thing. Um what was it like for you running onto that AFL field for the first time um, in the AFLW? It was, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was down in Geelong and um, it was nearly a full stadium that day. It was oh, wow. one of the opening rounds. And it was just like, like, it's almost a blur to me because it was one of them experiences where I was kind of like, I don't really know what's going on here, but... <laughs> um, I was like also I was I remember being in the game being like 
oh, like my position and I felt was a bit off. I was a bit like, where am I meant to be? Like, whereas I'm used to playing games that everything comes off instinct, whereas yep. I didn't have that instinct, whereas I've, I've learned everything and I've trained everything. and I trained quite hard, but it was like, you know, I, I just lacked that, that instinct. So the experience from that point of view was kind of like, it was a huge learning. I, I completely settled in game two, three, four, got better as the season went on. But the first game was definitely a bit of a blur. But it was still an amazing experience and, you know, one I will cherish. And I do remember looking around me being like, wow, this is, you know, this is not what I expected. And <laughs> it's different playing in, in a crowd that's not full of Irish people because that's <laughs> yep. what you've been used to. So you're used to playing, like, you, you didn't really know, I suppose, that many people in the crowd. But all the same, you were like, this atmosphere is class. And I could really feel what AFL is about um, standing in the middle of the pitch looking around me. Wow. Um, that's awesome. And honestly, that kind of wraps up the questions that I have, um, except for one. And it's, is there any advice you would like to give any young girls who are aspiring to make it in either the AFLW or the GAA ladies or any professional sport, really? Um, probably for me, it would be make sure to learn as much as you can from the people around you. So it would be to ask as many questions as you can and learn and know that people are giving you feedback to make you better, not because they're trying to put you down. So to be able to take feedback on, on board and learn and also to always work hard because that's really what separates, you know, good players from great players is the work ethic that they put behind it. Like good players don't just achieve things out of the blue because of talent. They achieve things because they work often work harder and smarter than others. So it's, it's to know that um, get good people around you, work hard, take feedback, and that's probably all from me. Thanks very much for having me.